We'll talk about the Lions. Are they going to lose their offensive coordinator? Are they the best team in the NFC North to end the year? Because I put that out at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook, after the Vikings lost, Jeff, and everybody said, oh, man, they're 13 and 4 of Vikings. I said, look at the NFC North divisional records. The Lions won the division against the other opponents, 5-1. and one. Five and one is nothing to sneeze at when he didn't win five games total the year before. Uh, and I think Matt Patricia actually won five in his three seasons. I uh, might not have even won that many in the division. Uh, don't get me going yeah. on him when I watch Darius Slay and Quandre Diggs and, you know, that Glover Quinn. They had all the. I, I, I'm, we thought Matt Millen was bad, okay? But Quinn and Patricia, uh, they are in the Detroit Lions Clown Show Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and one of the things, like, I, Matt Millen, he obviously wasn't good at his job, but I genuinely believed that he was trying to do right by the team and by the city. I never got that impression from Matt Patricia. Not, 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 not once did I get that impression from him. And when Bill Belichick put him in charge of the offense, Mac Jones, one of the most polite Southern gentlemen you'll ever see, turned into a psycho character from Halloween 7. <laughs> and he should have, too. You see what they were calling for him? My goodness. He oh. thought they, they thought he was Lamar Jackson. Oh, my they God. Lamar Jackson you know what? He, I thought Mac Jones for two years, first two years in the league, thrust into a starting role, did a pretty darn good job. But, yeah, don't blame Belichick. Don't blame Patricia. You're always going to blame the players. Yeah, that's why Brady got the hell out. Speaking of Brady, tonight, who do you like? How, how do we – we talked about this last week on the show. How, how do you bet against Brady in the playoffs? How do you do that tonight if – if, if you're on the DraftKings Sportsbook app against the Cowboys? You know, it's very difficult to do it. But I, as I told you on on Friday when we were there, uh, or Thursday, I guess, well, I don't even remember. I can't keep track of the days. Uh, Dallas has the ability to beat anybody anywhere if they play their best game. They have the playmakers to do it on offense and defense. The question is, can Mike McCarthy get all those guys? And it's a very top-heavy roster. Like their guys that are coming in, you know, they're they're back six um, after their top five on defense are not very good on offense. There any reserves that come in, they're not great. They're just not up to the snuff. So they got to get their top performers: Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb on offense, Micah Parsons, um, Lawrence Armstrong. Uh, digs on defense. They got to get those guys making their plays. If they do that, they, they absolutely can win. But I am not betting against Tom Brady. I've look, look. He, he's he's been around long enough. We we've seen this movie before. Oh, by the way, they just activated their center who tore his ACL. Uh, Ryan Jensen was a very good one. I don't know if he's going to play tonight or not. But that's an emotional lift for a team that can, can kind of use one. So yeah, it's. Uh, I, I do think it's going to be an entertaining game. But uh, I, uh, I I got to lean towards towards the Buccaneers, even though I do I do think the Cowboys can win this game. How about Tom Brady uh, tonight against the Cowboys? Will start his first game of his career as a home underdog, and he's forty-five. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That is. Like, do we, do we go a month in Detroit without them being a road or a home underdog? No, it's part. Of, it's part of your job description. Now you get that when you sign a contract. Uh, it's just think about that. He's forty-five. First time in his career tonight when they when they kick it off. Against Tampa, Tampa, or against the Cowboys. Tampa kicks it off against the Cowboys. 
Cowboys are a three-point road favorite on the DraftKings Sportsbook app in Tampa. First time at 45 in his 23rd NFL season that Brady will start as a home underdog. That's insane. And mm-hmm. and the fact that like we're, we're both talking like we kind of expect the, the Buccaneers to pull this out, I think that shows you uh, that, that there might be some money to be made tonight. Let's just see about that. Yeah, and by the way, uh, the other seven times he's been a playoff underdog in the Super Bowl era since 1966, starting quarterbacks, Brady is tied with Eli Manning for seven. Seven uh, underdog playoff wins. And again, those were all on the road uh, for Brady. Wow. He's won his last four playoff games. He's won his last four playoff games as an underdog. And he's 3-0 and as an underdog starting QB in playoff games since joining the Bucks. Well, he's just, it's playoff time. That's why people are asking me, and I'm, you know, I look on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Big Board. I see minus three, and I'm like, how do you bet against Brady? That's the most uncomfortable bet in the world. It is. But again, Dallas's offense can light up their defense, and can Brady keep up with that? I think that's, that's the angle that you go with if you're looking at Dallas. But, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, I'm, I am. I'm not putting any money on this game because I am uncertain uh, for sure. But uh, that's that's a tough ask, man. And, and the fact that he's proven it over, and it's not just New England, like that he's done it in Tampa. I think that does mean something too. Uh, speaking of putting money on uh, something, uh, how about the DraftKings sportsbook uh, story that a guy on the money line, which is just went out right when the Chargers were up twenty-seven nothing late first half. Saturday night in Jacksonville, a better put $1 million on the money line for the Chargers just to win, and he's going to make around 12000 a little less than 12000 How do you think he felt when that uh, field goal snuck in the upright and Trevor Lawrence, first off, when they went for two, I said, uh-oh, you could feel it coming, and they got it, and just an unbelievable comeback. Same, similar to what, you know, the Bills are up 17 nothing. They're coasting. You got Skylar Thompson on – the other side, it was, what, four string with the Dolphins when the season began, if that. And then the Dolphins uh, decide to put together, you know, two and a half quarters of great football. Amazing weekend. And then last night, the fumble at the goal line where it looked like Baltimore might send Cincy home. I, I just love the NFL playoffs. Oh, it was an unbelievable weekend. You know, it's Saturday night, I'm, I'm kind of tired. I'm, you know, laying there on the couch like, okay, it's, it's halftime. All right, Jacksonville scored just four halftime, so I'll give them one drive. And then I'm like, okay, all right, I'll give them another drive. And then I wound up staying up all night and you know, afterwards and, and was excited for it because that's, that's why we watch sports, man, to see the stories like that. That play that, that Sam Hubbard made in the, mm. the Ravens-Bengals game, that, that's a one-in-a-million play. Uh, and the fact that the Bengals needed that to beat the Ravens, uh, it doesn't speak all too well for my AFC Super Bowl pick. But uh, man, that, that you, you, that's that's excitement, man. That it really was. So, like they they keep calling it the the Super Wildcard Weekend, and I roll my eyes every time I hear it, especially when Tony Romo says it. But it, it really was a Super Weekend. The only dog game was the first one, and you know beyond that, it, it's been my goodness, just just. 
comeback and, and storyline and you know fun things going on in the games. It, it, it really was a great weekend. The only thing would have made it better is if the Detroit Lions were in there, and uh, I think we all think they're going to be there next year. That's why watching that Seattle uh, Niners game, all I could think of, what if that was Detroit? And Brock Purdy is playing out of his mind. He, he's going to make the Niners forget about uh, Lance, and maybe Jimmy G will hang around as a backup. But what you said last week, I've seen a couple of other people float that idea that if Trey Lance, if the Niners offered up Trey Lance for the Lions, pick 20, uh, or pick 18, excuse me, 6 and 18. I know it's uh, fluctuated until we got the end of the regular season, some of these teams playing right now. But I think it's pick, pick a, is it 18 or 20? Well, what's the second pick? We know the first pick is 6. What's the second pick? Yeah, it, it, it's 18. 18. So it's 18. So would you give up pick 18 if you can get Trey Lance as your backup QB? What would you do? Uh, I would because I think, and, and I'll go back to the, the 2021 NFL draft. And Brad Holmes made no secret that he liked Trey Lance. Uh, but when, if he was going to be on the board when they picked at number seven, he was going to be a very strong consideration. Now he said that, and, and he said it at the time he, that uh, that they knew that he wasn't going to be there. They knew that when San Francisco traded up, that's who they were trading up for. So it sort of made it a moot point. But they did very much like him in the draft process. And keep in mind, again, Jared Goff is the only quarterback under contract next year. Uh, you're getting you're getting Lance basically at a very affordable rate. Like they've already swallowed the the, the you know you got the deer going through the python you know, when you get that signing bonus at the beginning of your rookie contract. San Francisco's already eaten that. So you're getting him at an economical rate for two seasons. That's that's not a bad not a bad deal for me. Look, this team desperately needs a number two quarterback that can come in and do things when Jared Goff, um, if he gets hurt. You know, again, we're talking. This is a playoff team next year. We all expect that. If you're going out there with Tim Boyle or Nate Sudfeld as your backup quarterback, like you're you're so dependent on Jared Goff staying healthy and staying great. That you know you can't afford any mess ups on that. You got to get an insurance policy in there. And Trey Lance, a, a guy with a lot of upside, still kind of you know green, but has has some of that mobility that I think we like. Uh, he makes more sense to me than drafting a guy like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. But uh, you know who knows who knows where Brad Holmes is on that. But I would I would absolutely make that deal. His name is Jeff Risden from the LionsWire.com, part of the USA Today Network, also a co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast. You can hear on YouTube talking Lions and the NFL on the Meyer guest line. Uh, ben Johnson's story, again, we, we never know what's real, what's not, especially in following Harbaugh and NFL openings. Uh, but he seems to be a hot commodity right now. Are the Lions going to lose their offensive coordinator? Uh, it is up to Ben Johnson. From everything I've heard, um, I actually just did a, a Colts radio show, uh, and they were peppering me with questions about it. They didn't seem to think that he is the front runner there, uh, but he's certainly interested. Uh, their owner, Jim Ursay, who is the ultimate wild card owner, um, he, he, he could be like Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland and say, hey, you know, the, the homeless guy told smoking the cigarette there told me to draft Johnny Manziel, so I'm going to do it. Uh, that, that's kind of the way Jim Ursay flies, too. Uh, so you can't rule that one out. The one you got to watch is Carolina, and he's interviewing there in person on Wednesday. Uh, and I've been told this by a, a person who uh, it wasn't speaking about Ben Johnson specifically, but brought this up in the context of you better believe that Ben Johnson is interviewing the Panthers as much as they're interviewing him. 
He's got to like the fit. He's he's got a GM there that's a holdover that he's not worked with before in Scott Fitterer. They've got a a new money owner who's been a little bit volatile in, in David Tepper. Like there there are things that that Ben Johnson has to see to want to take that job. But uh, everything that I heard over the weekend, both you know stuff that was public uh, from from CBS Sports and from the Athletic, that he is the front runner for the job, that he is the guy that the owner wants. Uh, I've heard that from every single person that I've asked about it. Uh, does that mean that he's going to take the job? No, and that, that's why this interview is so important because, again, he is interviewing them as much as they are interviewing him. Uh, I, I have a feeling that if he likes what he sees there, and keep in mind he's, he's from there, played college football there, uh, it, it would be difficult for him to turn it down. But uh, he, he is certainly not out the door yet, let's put it that way. Uh, what else are you hearing out of Allen Park as they're now into their offseason, and I'm talking about Holmes and Campbell and the players? Uh, just a lot of guys that they're trying to figure out who, who's coming back. That's the big thing. And, and a number of players expressed that they want to come back. Uh, Deshaun Elliott is probably the most prominent uh, who said that uh, and, and made it very clear both publicly and privately he really wants to be back. Look, he came to Detroit because they, they had Brian Duger, the, the, now the defensive backs coach, he was the safeties coach at the time, and he trusted him and it worked. Uh, and, and he really appreciates the the fit that he has in that defense. So he's one. John Kaminsky is one. Uh, you're looking now at guys like Jamal Williams. Um, can you imagine this team without the the, the lifeblood that is Jamal Williams on it? I think he's got a pretty easy sell that he wants to come back with. So they got to figure those things out. You know, what do you do with Evan Brown, uh, who's probably going to get $10 million a year from somewhere else to be their starting center? You know, is he really worth that to Detroit? Those those are the decisions that they're making now. They are out there on the scouting circuit. The Hula Bowl was over the weekend. The Hula Bowl, which is now played in Orlando for some reason. I don't quite get that. But uh, they had two of their scouts down there. They've got scouts out already. Um, I, I actually communicated with one of them that I will talk with at the Senior Bowl in a couple of weeks down in Mobile. They're going through the players, the coaches, uh, Dan Campbell, uh, uh, this this was told to me off the record, but I'll share it. Watched a college football game for the first time the other day um, uh, from the 2022 season. He had not watched a single college football game, so that like, and he has a lot of input on what goes on in this draft. So uh, anybody who's making any you know platitudes or guarantees about what the Lions are going to do in the draft, y'all really don't know what you're talking about because uh, that is simply not true at this point. Uh, so they're, they're, they're getting all that stuff together, they're getting all their ducks in a row. They're trying to figure out, you know, a succession plan. If Ben Johnson leaves, um, who might go with him, who they might want to promote, who they might want to try to bring in from the outside. Uh, they, everything that I've seen and heard, uh, I feel pretty good that they're, they're not going to get, you know, sideswiped by this. If he leaves, they're going to have a plan in place and, and they're ready to go with it. Jeff Risden from the LionsWire.com, part of the USA Today Network, also a co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast you can hear on YouTube. Joining us on uh, the Meyer Guests on Jeff, as always, uh, good stuff. Uh, we'll talk soon, later in the week. Sounds great. Thanks.